Hello and welcome to Sincerely Speaking. I am so excited for this conversation today. I love it when you meet someone and the second you meet, it's like you're catching up with an old friend. And that's the way it was with Rich, Rich McGahan. We met at an event a couple of weeks ago in person. We had kind of seen each other on some Zooms and stuff, but meeting him in person, his energy, his love for the Lord, the way that he just comes across, just registered and connected with me so deeply that I just knew we had to have him on here. I know you are going to love everything that he has to share. So Rich, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And I can't wait for our conversation. Thank you so much, Marcy. I, I appreciate you for inviting me and I'm excited about our conversation as well. Just excited to see how God always shows up and shows out, right? Absolutely. There is an obvious lack of leadership in the world. Nations without effective governments, businesses unable to adapt to crisis and change, schools where adults are afraid of children, and families that have lost their standing as the foundation of society. Is there any hope? What can anyone do to change this grim outlook? This is Sincerely Speaking, and here we will explore how self-leadership and the pillars of clarity, communication, connection, and competence can ignite the fire of change one spark at a time. I am Marcia Amaro, and I welcome you to this open conversation here in Sincerely Speaking. So share with us a little bit about your journey and how you got here. I know it's probably a long story, but just the gist. <laughs> Are you calling me old? No, <laughs> not even a little bit. So, we all have long so stories just to tell. Extremely, extremely highlights, you know, and I will start way back, but that's not going to make it take too long. You know, from birth, really having this feeling that supernaturally I've learned, uh, you know, was uh, what the source of it was. But this source, this feeling of not being wanted. And this not being wanted, not being validated, not being uh, approved of, growing up without a father, of course, influenced that in a lot of ways. Uh, ended up becoming a male stripper, you know, kind of get out there looking for validation in the world, right? And then turned around a few years later, God got a hold of me and became a pastor. Uh, then those issues from childhood kind of reared their ugly head in a unique way. Uh, no infidelity, no nothing was going on, but I was married, had three kids, pastoring a church, and all of a sudden... I'm sitting in a little $2,000 trailer house all by myself, you know, blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> with that being said, I ended up going on this uh, dark night of the soul experience, really, of just uh, learning, rediscovering who God is, really, who I am, really, yeah. and what all that means working together. And it's led me to what I'm doing now, which is really, uh, you know, working with men, trying to help those guys recognize the lingering effects and damaging effects of growing up without a father. Um, you know, help them become aware of that, right? Because most guys, we don't even want to admit that. We don't want to admit any kind of weakness, especially something big <laughs> like that. Uh, admit it and then, you know, really learn to live from, you know, purposely and powerfully from that identity, but most in importantly, exclusively from the identity that God has given us. And that's where living rich comes from. That is so awesome. I love that whole, like your business is living rich in grace, right? Did I get that right? And I just mm -hmm. love that phrase because that is what we all should strive for, I believe. Just living rich in grace just opens up the Absolutely. door for everything else, pretty much. But um, just going back a little bit to some of the things that you said, um, I believe, and I think that this is where we might start our conversation, that in one way or another, most of us, I, I don't like saying all, but probably all of us, have some sort of sense of I'm not enough or I'm not living up to or I can't do, right? That that sense mm -hmm. that we cannot rise to the level of the expectations that we believe are placed on us. Can you talk to us a little bit about how that affects 
other aspects of our life or how we can start becoming aware of where it shows up in our lives? Oh, wow. You said this was a 30 minute podcast. I don't know if we're going to be able to address that. <laughs> um, you know, the way I look at it is that first and foremost, it shows up because we live in this three dimensional world that we, we have, right? Five senses. We believe what we see. And we've got not a lot of experience has taken place in our life that proved to us that we can turn around and do these things. And what that ends up being, and, and Christians don't like to hear it, and it kind of, uh, I don't know, slaps them across the face, is that's called living by the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. We're not walk, we're, we're living by the flesh and not by the spirit because we understand and believe more of the fleshly things in our life than we do the spirit things in our life. And that may be a hard pill to swallow, but once we swallow it, we kind of learn to recognize, hey, wow. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. Mm-hmm. This is just how I've showed up my whole, whole life. And now I can learn how to walk by the spirit and learn what the spirit has to say about me and to me. Uh, where does it show up in our life? Everywhere. I mean, there's not a place that doesn't show up. Everything from friendships, intimate relationships, work relationships, parenting, friends. I mean, there's not a place in your life that it doesn't show up, especially when you think you get a little inspiration from God and you're like, Woo, I want to do something in this world, but I can't do that. So it's definitely going to show up there as well. Yeah, absolutely. Now, regardless of the faith level, right? Because you and I are Christian, you and I believe a certain way, but other people believe differently. But regardless of that, I believe that the shifting that has happened in the world since COVID has forced all of us to take more of an inside look, right? To kind of face inward for a second, reflect on what we had been doing and what we want to do from that moment on and question some things. And part of, I think, what COVID forced us to do in the isolation, right, in that space of being by yourself is ask ourselves, who on earth am I? And that speaks to something that you mentioned in one of our previous conversations, which I would love to talk about, which is identity. Can we Mm. go in that little hole for a second? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, and you're right. Our unique perspective as Christians, our identity is going to be a little bit different. But even though that verbiage is a little different, um, it really transcends across universe, spirit, source energy, all that stuff. It really all of it. All truth comes from God. So regardless of what people call it, it really doesn't matter. But going to our identity, um, it's all about we're made in the image and likeness of given dominion over. Yeah. That phrase is one that's very strong for me. You know, a revelation I had earlier today, or maybe it was late last night, I was sitting up doing some journaling and writing some notes about this different stuff that I want to accomplish. And one of the things that really came across to me was that Jesus Christ, when he was on the face of the earth, everything he did, he did as a man mm-hmm. in right relationship with God, the Father. Mm-hmm. That'll give you goosebumps. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> everything yeah. he did, he did because he was in right relationship with God, the Father. And that right relationship produced a vision and a creative force and an energy and a belief that allowed him to heal the sick, Mm -hmm. raise the dead, blind to see, among other things. Right. So, you know, identity, when we have our identity down pat, so to speak, and we understand our identity, at least enough to start seeing some fruit in our life, that fruit is indicative of our identity. If we don't have the fruit in our life, then therefore we don't have the identity. And you can talk it all you want, but until it moves from here down to here and you really become a son or a daughter of the of the most high, Amen. of the creator of the universe, you're in trouble. <laughs> I agree 100%. Now, one thing that I talk to a lot of people about is this idea of authenticity. Can you give me your two cents on what authenticity looks like and what that's about? So... 
I'm going to paint a visual image real quick, draw a piece of paper lying down the middle on the right hand side of the page is the word love and everything that comes out of those positive, wonderful emotions. Left side of the page is ego, flesh, protection, and all of the negative stuff, jealousy, anger, rage, all so left side, right side of the paper. We got those two things down. Now that I've explained that, tell me your specific question. You want me to speak to uh, authenticity, <laughs> authenticity. That's right. See, I'm being authentic. Absolutely. At the end of the day, our authentic self, um, there's so many opinions out there in the world as to what it means to be authentic and what it means to have good boundaries, what it means to have walls, what it means to kind of operate in this relational relationships. And all I want to say about that is that our the authenticity, when we're truly plugged into God, we don't become a doormat. <laughs> we can still have boundaries. We can still have the ways we operate in the world that are that are requirements to be in our sphere of influence, so to speak. But every decision we make as it relates to that has to come out of the right side of the page. Because when I draw a boundary or a line and say, Marcy, I really appreciate you so much. Thank you for speaking into my life. But this is kind of how I run my life. And it's not to, to, to do anything but protect me. And I can only have this in my life. You see, that whole conversation I'm having with you is all about loving you, but mm -hmm. loving me more. Protecting me. So authenticity, you know, people say, well, it's just who I am. No, you don't know who you are. You know, who you are is made in the image and likeness of, given dominion over. And if God is love, what are we? At our truest sense of our core is love. And when people, you ask people who they are, they look at their flesh. Yeah. They look at how their personality is set up and all that stuff. And quite frankly, authenticity is your authentic representation of how God shows himself to the world. Absolutely. And it's so interesting when you have conversations with people, and I've done this in the past, and I'm sure you have too. You ask people, who are you? And they start going through their resume, right? So <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a father, I'm a this, I'm a that. None yeah. of that is who you are. And it's so hard to verbalize and a response to that question sometimes. Don't you find that? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, and now that you're saying that, I really probably want to and need to come up with a phrase that's going to be indicative of my sonship. And when somebody says, so tell me about you. Well, first and foremost, I'm a son <laughs> of the most, high, I don't know, something along those lines. I need to change that. You're right. Because I start saying, well, I do this. And start listing it all out. <laughs> and it's so funny because when you try to move them away from that, they get so uncomfortable really quickly. You know, it's like, no, but who are you really? Like, go beyond the resume, go beyond the curriculum. What? Who are you? And it's so hard. It's like when you ask people, what do you want? They usually go to the what they don't want. So I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be sick. I don't. But what do you yeah. want? <laughs> and that's so neat that you bring that up. And we didn't plan on going here. And I'll speak mm -hmm. to that just briefly. Yeah. If you want to, if you walk into a dark room and you want to get the darkness out of the room, you don't go into that room with a broom or some sort of a shovel. And are we breaking up? No, I think we're good. Okay. Okay. We don't go into that room with a broom or a shovel or some sort of scooping device that's going to get all the darkness and get it out of the room. Mm -hmm. we don't focus on the darkness. What do we do? We focus on the light, which has brought us through history to the point where we can walk over and flip over a light switch. Absolutely. So if we want to get out, so when it comes back to the, what you were talking about is the fact that even acknowledging that those bad states even exist is taking our focus and putting them on there, which takes us off of the answer, which is creativity, love, joy, peace, and let's focus on this. Now, that doesn't mean you don't acknowledge that it's there, but... But but yeah, we got to focus all of our energy on the, the solution and not the problem. 
Yeah, and it's so, and I love that you mentioned that it's not not acknowledging that it's there, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times we get into this high level spiritual conversation, if you want to call it that, and we get so focused on, okay, I have a relationship with the Most High God, I am a son or daughter, I know that everything eventually works out for the good, and from the outside, it looks like we're saying we're going to ignore that there's bad things. We're going to pretend that nothing bad ever happens to us. And we're going to walk through life in this, I don't know, denial mode where we just don't recognize reality. But that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Absolutely acknowledging what's there, just not focusing on it and allowing it, not allowing external things to dictate my internal attitude and the way I look at things. Absolutely. Now for, and I always like to bring as much practical and tactical into my conversations with my guests as I can. And I think it's time to start asking some practical questions, right? So somebody might be listening to us and thinking, you know, it's easy for you guys to say, you obviously have had experiences that are good, or you've had X or Y success, or you've done X or Y thing, right? But I'm here suffering in pain, I don't believe anything you believe. I don't know what you're talking about. How am I supposed to snap out of this thing? What would be the first advice, tactical, practical, direct, that you would give someone like that? Well, it may not be. Great question, by the way. Um, (laughs) And one that I obviously we hadn't prepared for. Um, And the first thing that comes to my mind is the word love. Um, It's so very important that we understand what love is how we are loved by the universe, by God. Um, and only once we can accept that love and then turn around and see ourselves from God's perspective, meaning we forgive ourselves, we recognize who and that whole process. And I could go into a lot of detail about that subject, but at the end of the day, we've got to learn to receive love. We've got to learn to give ourselves love, which is forgiveness, compassion, mercy, thankfulness, praise. And then from that status, only then can we truly love God back Mm-hmm. And then only truly can then can we turn and actually give away what we've got because you can't give away what you've got until you until Have you it. got it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, for someone who has been in consistent pain, right? So they look at their own history and they think similar to you. I mean, you were sharing your story. Your beginning was not glamorous and lovely. You did not start out with everything rosy and everything beautiful. And now you are, you have a completely different perspective, right? How does one begin to navigate, um, especially if they're outside of the space of uh, already experiencing love, right? How does one begin to navigate moving away from all that negativity and towards the possibility that there might be something better? Yeah, um, it's hard for me to get off love. It's hard for me to get off that subject. It's so very important. You know, first and foremost, I guess, is the love thing. And then if I had to go to a second one, it would be for me personally is just understanding that Romans eight twenty eight that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purposes who walk after the spirit, not after the flesh. And the walking after the spirit part is just that's where you start the navigating is really recognizing, hey, guess what? I don't know it all. I want to be the best I can be every day, but guess what? I don't know what I don't know. That acknowledgement of I don't know what I don't know, love, and then I don't know what I don't know, and being open at that point to what God brings into our life because things show up in our life, the path that you've been on. If you're listening today, I want you to know that the path you've been on is is, um, exactly the path you were supposed to be on, right? 
to wake you up, to get you to realize the things that needed to be realized so that you could become the person that you are today so that you could turn around and have the effect that you're going to have tomorrow. So yeah. don't, you know, you've heard people say, you know, uh, something about embrace the suck. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I the say suck. that all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, in my mind, remember the left side and right side of the paper? Mm-hmm. In my mind, embrace the suck comes from the left side of the paper. So another way of saying that is, God, what are you teaching me? This really stinks right now. I don't like this showing up, but obviously you love me more than I even love myself. You're allowing this to show up. Why? Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and from the right side of the paper, I'll, I'll embrace the suck from the right side of the paper. Absolutely. Knowing Absolutely. it's for our good. Yeah. And um, I believe as well, and I would love to hear your take on this, right? When someone is coming from um, mostly focusing on the darkness or mostly focusing on the left side of the paper, as you say, it's hard to even envision the possibility that there might be something working for their bad, for their good, right? But there's a scripture that says, test and see that I am good, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I always recommend is test it out, <laughs> right? Like we put on all these hats all the time and we are willing to test so many theories and try so many things. Why not test this one out? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree 100%. And that's a big part of it. Go ahead. Great perspective. Great perspective. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that for, at least for me, that has been a big part of it. And I can't say, I mean, I call myself privileged because I am, right? I did not grow up in an abusive home. I never had to experience a day where I didn't have food in my mouth. I never had to experience extreme hardship. Has my life been all smooth sailing? No. I mean, my dad got sick when I was 13. He was sick for 20 years. He was the primary breadwinner. So we saw struggle, but it wasn't what a lot of people have seen. But even in that, even in that space, then there's this whole notion of, wait a minute, then I should be doing more or I should have more or I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't do that. It's so easy to put yourself down. But when you start looking at what you said, love, and then within all that, okay, test, try this one out. Try this one on for size and see how it fits. It's so amazing how your life transforms. Agreed. Absolutely. (laughs) Beyond a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> so tell me one of your favorite stories of transformation. Oh wow, one of my favorite stories of my personal transformation or I would assume my personal transformation, right? Sure. Um you know, oof, I guess what comes up for me, the first thing that comes up for me was <laughs> my my journey has been all about me proving that I'm a good guy. My journey's all been about me showing the world that I'm a good guy. I'm valuable. I'm important. Um, not because of wanting to be put on a pedestal, but because of wanting to feel the need of never feeling like I was wanted or desired. My father left at a very young age and stuff, right? Yeah. So um, everything I've ever done, even when I was pastoring, I, I've come to realize this. I wouldn't have said it in the moment, but even as I was pastoring, um, I was doing it because I had the right heart. I wanted to see people have understanding. I wanted to see people grow and and make transformations in their life and become a follower of Christ and become, you know, this everything that God created them to be. However, there was definitely a strong element of everything that was successful in that ministry was a see how good Rich is. (laughs) Rich is a good guy. See, I told you all along. I've been telling you ever since I was a little kid. I'm a good guy. See, now you believe me. (laughs) 
<laughs> so much so that even when I started my personal development journey and uh, spent a ton of money and uh, got certified as a transformational coach, um, I did that for the same reasons. You know, here I am learning all this cool stuff. Now I can really go work, you know, help some do some great stuff now because I got this knowledge, right? And uh, I remember about three quarters of the way through the course, it hit me <laughs> that I was trying to learn this stuff so I could go show everybody how smart I was. And it was for me too. I needed this transformation. It wasn't just like I was some guy on this pedestal that that had all this success and had all these accolades and could walk good, talk good, speak good, whatever, all the stuff, uh, look good, smell good, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't for me to go out and be this guy. It was for me to be transformed by the work myself. That was one of the best moments of just like humility, right? Because us guys, we want to put up a mask. I think everybody does, but specifically yeah. guys, we want to put up this mask, bravado, tough, strong, knowledgeable, dependable, you know, we're this. So for us to have this moment where we're like, I feel very weak right now. I feel very uh, vulnerable. We don't like vulnerability. And unfortunately, that's vulnerability is the, the key, if you will, to relatability and to be able to connect with folks and to be able to let the world know that just because you and I, Marcy, have all this wonderful knowledge that we've learned and we're allow allowing that knowledge to help us see the scriptures in new ways that really transform our life and transform the lives of our clients, we're people too. Absolutely. And at every level that we grow, there's this need for humility and dependence upon God to be in our hearts so that we can make it to the next level. Yeah. Now, vulnerability has become kind of like a tag phrase lately. Can you give us your definition of what vulnerability is? What does it look like? Wow, I've never done that. I've never written out <laughs> on a piece of paper. What's Rich McGahan's definition of vulnerability? Um, I get the first thing that comes up is exactly what we just spoke about. My willingness to admit that I don't know everything. Mm. No matter how smart I think I am, I don't know everything. And whenever I'm yeah. presented with an idea that's different than mine, instead of having a knee jerk reaction, I want to be curious. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that requires vulnerability. Being vulnerability also says that, Hey, no matter how much I have grown, no matter how much success I have in my business and in my personal life, there's still things that are in my life that I'd prefer not be there. There's still triggers that I have. I'm, I'm a real human being. I, I, I get up and put my britches on one leg at a time like everybody else. <laughs> and guess what? Satan comes after me like everybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> new level, new devil. You've heard that, right? So vulnerability is being able to come to a friend or a brother or a sister in Christ and saying, hey, I'm struggling here. This has really been a difficult thing for me. And, and share your story with them. That takes a lot to be able to yes. do that. But once you do it, it's really easy, isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. um, <laughs> three things come up for me. First, curiosity is one of my core values. Like I believe <laughs> if we can if we can live in curiosity, then the entire world changes for in, in good ways. Just when you can get curious. Second, I'm reminded of, well, I was a teacher for a very long time. You know this um, and everybody who's heard me know that knows this. But I found it so fascinating how very often the teachers that wanted to pretend like they knew it all were the ones that the kids hated. The second that you were able to or willing to admit that you didn't know it all, that you could go find out probably, but you didn't know it all, you gained this level of respect that was counterintuitive almost because you think if I don't know it, they're not going to value or respect me. It was the complete opposite right? And wow. I just find that fascinating. And the third thing is 
there is this I perceived, I guess, distinction between men and women, almost like men have a harder time being in that vulnerable space because they're supposed to put on this mask that you were talking about before, right? Of no, the bravado. Supposed to be the leader. Yeah. And there is nothing in the leadership manual <laughs> that I have found that says that we can't be vulnerable regardless of our gender or our age or anything else like that. And it's so funny yeah. how we put on all these expectations on ourselves, isn't it? It is. It is. And most of them are not real. And they're lies. Lies from the pits of hell. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what can someone who is resonating with you and thinks, oh, it would be kind of neat to work with this guy, Rich, what would they work with you on? What kind of services do you offer? What could they expect? You know, today I've got a six-month coaching program that really walks clients through alignment, mm -hmm. alignment with all of these values that we're making reference to, really identifying where we're at now, raw, real, no BS, like <laughs> where are you at and what is your current level of, uh, of understanding as to what's possible and then we work on that gap, right? Just the alignment. Second phase is embodiment, really just embodying these truths and recognizing that they're, we are God's creatures, we are His creations, we're His sons and daughters. He wants for us more than we could ever, you know, Ephesians 3.20, I could rattle off a lot of scriptures. And then last but not least is once you've got those two steps is what's the what's the empowerment you're empowered to go have fruit in your life and you know i was just talking with a brother right before you and i got on this call and fruit is indicative of your identity fruit is indicative of this relationship that we have you cannot have a relationship with the creator of everything in the world and not have fruit in your life now does that mean you're all supposed to have million be millionaires i don't know maybe not maybe but maybe not necessarily not. yeah mm -hmm. not necessarily the point is are you having a successful life do you have a life that others look at and say wow the storms of life come after that guy but he never wavers he's solid he's always happy he's always this that if you want to have that life that's what that six-month coaching program is for and, and other than that for six-month program i honestly don't have a lot of offers but i'm in the process of writing about 16 offers <laughs> so, <laughs> well, so cool. god, god is yeah yeah that event that you and i went to and just what god's been doing in my life here recently i just see things in a different way and i recognize there's a lot of different opportunities for me to serve and give what god has given me to others so that's a lot awesome. of lot, a lot of stuff is coming down the pike that is awesome now anybody who wants to get in touch with you where can they find you Living rich in grace, living rich in grace, L-I-V-I-N, no G, just because I'm special, I'm down here in the South, it's living, and it then it's rich, and it's I-N, grace, living rich in grace, uh, that's Facebook and Instagram, um, don't judge me, there's not a lot of content out there right now, don't be mad, Marcy saw it, she's like, rich, oh my, no, it wasn't you, it was some other lady, she was like, you almost, you have like two posts, I'm like, give me a break, I just started it, okay? <laughs> We uh, all start somewhere. It's all good. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, those two places you can reach out to me, and of course on Facebook, there uh, my, my my name is also for my personal account. So reach out, and I'd be happy to support anybody any way I can. That's so awesome. Now, before we close, and this has been so cool, I loved having you on here and having this conversation, but I know you have kids and grandkids, so pretend like you're giving them the best advice you can give them for life. What would you tell them? Wow. First and foremost is know God. Don't ever give up on knowing God. 
second of all would be know thyself mm-hmm. in respect in, in retrospect of that relationship with God that's that's the advice know God know yourself and never stop dreaming that'd be the third thing never stop dreaming I believe I'm I believe uniquely how do I say this it's impossible for us to have dreams that come from the pits of hell therefore when we have these crazy dreams in our life of wanting to serve and be of contribution in this life, those are coming from God. And by the way, God will never give you a dream that your current budget allows for. <laughs> I needed to hear that right now, Rich. <laughs> God will never give you a dream that your current budget allows for. That requires us to do the whole Indiana Jones things and step out on the plaid that's not there, right? Yeah. Tell things that are not as though they are. Walk into a newness of, that's where the whole Every time we encounter God, there should be a mystery to Him. Meaning, we don't think we got it all figured out. Because once we think we got it all figured out, that's when we're, that's the pride. Goes that's when we're in trouble. Thing and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're all green. We're all staying green and growing forever. Yeah, so God will never give you a dream that you're, that'll, that'll work in your current budget. That's awesome. That is so cool. Well, Rich, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I yes, know that... You. People are going to get a lot of value from this conversation and go check him out. Living Rich in Grace in social platforms. And thank you again for being with us today.